Welcome to the Create Smarter Podcast. Uh, we're revamping it. We're going to start off with some really cool things. What we're going to try to do today is break down some of the latest creative projects that in the video space that have captured our attention. So for today's episode, we're going to talk about a project we just wrapped, the Boston University's Donors Open Door Campaign. And for this episode, I have Phil DiMartino, uh, host, owner, every fun thing here at uh, Five Tool, but also the project <laughs> manager for this campaign. And Connor Clarity. Connor Clarity was the producer for this campaign. So, fellas, give a quick little intro of yourself, uh, and then we'll kind of jump into this project. Yeah, excited for the Create Smarter podcast to be back and excited to be chatting with you guys. And I think this is a great example of a project that was equal parts fun and interesting and, uh, you know, really, really came together in a great way. So, yeah, excited to talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, same here. And just to piggyback off Phil, I mean, this project's a really good example of um, a lot of pre-production, um, a lot that went into the on-site one day, you know, a lot going on that day in the real shoot, and then a lot of post-production as well, um, and a lot of collaboration for the whole team. Yeah, really cool example of how pre-production can make a great end product. You know, yes. so much of the work, it's the iceberg theory, right? You don't see so much of the work, you mm -hmm. know, necessarily at the end, but this doesn't become a cool project without tons and tons of work up front. So, yes. Yeah. yeah, full transparency. I was on the shoot, so I completely understand the amount of pre-prod you guys put into this. So let's, let's kick it off, Phil. Walk us through the concept phase of this project. Who approached you? How did this all work out? Yeah, so the folks from BU who we've worked with in the past um, came to us with basically an idea based on the fact that they saw a video that they really liked, another commercial that they saw, actually. Um, and... You know, it was a fast-paced commercial. There was a lot of different scenes in it. It was, you know, under a minute. It was a, a minute in length, but the actual part of the commercial that they really liked was well under a minute. It was just about a 10-second scene, um, and it kind of sparked an idea for them to go down the road of a whole concept. So in the commercial that they liked, there was a scene where it was kind of a tracking shot where it cut to a lot of different people pushing through open doors, getting out of cars, and it was this cool frame that allowed you to see different people in different settings, but kind of how they were all the same. And that really just sparked an idea for them for their own project about the idea of donors opening doors at BU. And that was basically the genesis of it. And from there, we kind of had to figure out, okay, well, that's the start of an idea. How does that actually become a fully fledged concept for you guys? So is it unusual for, I mean, to me, it sounds like they really, they had a, a scene in mind and they're like, we got to make a video off of that. Is that unusual? Like, do BU most, do most of the clients kind of approach you when it comes to video production more with a, hey, here's our goal in mind? Most clients don't come to us with a specific video, like, hey, here's a video, here's a scene, like, let's make something based off of that. So I, I do think it is a little bit unusual. I, you would agree, right? Yeah, it's, it's rare that you'd see inspiration from something. But it's like great. Because the client, and this is no offense to them, but they don't really think like that. That's more our job. That's why they right. come to us. Right. But I, I think it's great when you do get it. And there are definitely yeah. some times when people come to you and there's inspired, hey, I saw this thing. And I think the thing that sometimes people get caught up in and the reason they don't bring those inspiration ideas to you is that ultimately the video that BU brought to us was very, very, very different from what we ended up producing. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes people look at something and they say, well, yeah, that was interesting, but that, that's not what I want to do. And that makes them hesitate from bringing that forward. But in reality, in this, in the case of the video that they brought to us, a seven second scene yeah, is enough to spark the whole idea. easy to copy and paste right. onto another. But I see what you're saying. I think that could be like, well, what does this video with cars have to do? How do we put that in a higher education university lens? And you're like, well, it's, you know, that's a scene. That's an easy camera shot that we can replicate. Let's just see how we can do it in your realm. And the reality is everything that's building around it, sure, it's different. And, and that, and we'll talk about that in a second, but 
I love when people come to us with with a specific idea, like, hey, here's a video I love, even if it has nothing to do with the industry or the topic or whatever, because right. it's just a place to start from and at least you know what they like, right? And what they think their audience is going to like. So it, it could have nothing at all to do from an end product standpoint with what you're going to be creating, but at least you have a sense of like, Hey, here's what the here's what these people think is interesting and what they think looks right, good. Right, right. I mean, I do that all the time. With uh, I worked other places, I'd be like, send me some examples. Like, especially when they came to you with an idea, you'd be like, okay, can you send me examples of what you're thinking? Because mm -hmm. then I can at least picture what you're doing. When half the time you're having a conversation, you're like, I'm trying to think of what's in your head, and like, I don't know what you've watched. I don't know what you're interested. In. I don't know what you find interesting. So for uh, Boston University to come to you with this kind of concept of like, hey, we think this shot type is really dope, and we want to do videos with this. I mean, it's got to be just a breath of fresh Super air. Super helpful. I mean, from where 100%. I sit. Yeah. 100%. Because it's easy too. It's That was a newish type of shot for us. We'll get into equipment later. But um, but it was a, a good jumping off point where you say, okay, how do we just replicate this? We don't really have to think too much about that specific part. It's like they came to us with the climax of their movie and we just had to make the rest of it, the right. beginning and the end. So talk to me a little bit. What what was their goal, right? We know they came with the concept, but as you talk to them as a project manager and stuff, what, what was Boston University's goal with this video? Yeah, so <clears throat> we do a lot of work with annual giving teams. So mm -hmm. specifically in higher ed fundraising, annual giving is the arm of fundraising that goes back to donors year after year and raises funds for current use projects. So all that means is that year in and year out, they go to people and they're not really trying to raise large amounts of money. They're trying to get people to participate and donate to specific things that they care about year after year to help support operating budgets, more more, more or less. Right. Um, and so with annual giving teams, one of the interesting things that happens is that you have to get through your year and raise money and try to get a lot of people to donate year in and year out. But then, you know, the fiscal year ends and it resets and you have to go through the poll process every single year. Right. So when the fiscal year ends, what you have to do is you have to simultaneously kind of thank the people who gave over the course of last year, but then also try to remind them that we would really love it if you would kind of come back and continue to support us <laughs> right. next year, which yeah. is right now. Rent's due. Uh, rent's yeah. due. not really. <laughs> <laughs> but only and, if, yeah, if, you're, if you're generous enough to pay us yeah, rent. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think the key part to that is, is that you have to be constantly demonstrating to them, A, that you are doing a good job of using their money in an effective way. Mm -hmm. um, B, that you really are thankful for the fact that they chose to prioritize your organization over all the other ones that they could that they could choose and see that there's other opportunities to to do more of this moving forward like we're not done this is an ongoing thing um, so this concept was really trying to accomplish a little bit of all of that really designed to talk to the people who donated in fiscal year 2022 which ends for BU on June 30th um, to talk to the thousands of people that donated in that year and say hey, because of you, we're opening all of these great doors and, and unlocking these great opportunities for students. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Like the work continues, right? And kind of trying to embody all of that in a single video, which is challenging. But I think um, I think they've historically done a great job of that and right. they've had a lot of experience with it. But I think this video really did accomplish that. So too. it's good that they had the foundation built into that. Because I mean, as we know with video, right, it's not, it's not a flip the switch. As much as we love our smartphones and as easy as it is to create content in this world that we currently live in, it, it, it takes me to a little bit of the timeline. How did this all work out for you? Because at least Boston University has this foundation when it comes to their annual giving of how they use video as a tool. But what was the timeline? Because I I know what we shot this in, and I didn't realize that that was the whole, like, when they needed this video out by. Yeah. No, it was a pretty uh, <laughs> quick turnaround. I remember 
you know, going to some pre-production meetings with the client or just us, um, it was kind of a faster paced, um, time period because they needed it such quick turnaround. Like I said, um, I don't know the exact date they wanted to post it or whatever, but it was kind of like, okay, we have this meeting now, let's say in a month's time, you know, we should be in a pretty good space of where things have been shot and things have been edited and like first drafts are done. And so, um, from like concept to, you know, pre-production meetings to actually getting locations and talent and on-site shoot dates was like real fast. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's always interesting when you're working out or working around a specific deadline. Right. Um, and there is a time bound element to something like this because I mentioned the fiscal year, um, the fiscal year is kind of the guiding light for everything you do in, in annual giving. And by the time you get to September, October, November, there's the next thing is already coming up. Right. You know, so the opportunity to to thank people and kind of steward them from the previous fiscal year, that clock's ticking, and you kind of have to take care of that before you get. You can't start at, you can't start asking again and making the case again until you've kind of acknowledged and been like, "Hey, we really appreciate you." And and so that has to happen over the summertime in annual giving. Um, and there's specific other components of the campaign beyond just the video that this ties into. So there's direct mail, and there's email, and there's a whole bunch of elements that have to kind of come together and go out at once. Um, so this video is just one piece of that puzzle for them, right. but it all had to happen basically um, in mid-July in order to be ready to go out. And we started working on it, I think, in early June, yeah. right around there. Um, and, and you know, it's it's actually, in my opinion, a lot of times it's, it's really helpful to have um, a firm deadline, even if it's kind of a tight turnaround, because... Um, it, it forces action on our end and it forces action on the client's end in order to really get moving. And, um, sometimes projects can drag out and people can drag their feet. And if you have a tight deadline, you, you just don't have the opportunity you start to, to trip do that. over that finish line. Yeah. Cause especially right. like I say, getting locations, getting students, you know, what student is checking their email and wants to come back to campus during the summer. This is like the hardest thing to get. So, um, so they are really good about, you know, communication back and forth with us, kind of getting locations, contacts, all that sort of stuff for the actual shoot day to happen smoothly. Yeah, they were all over it. And I mean, that's the the ideal is it's it's a lot of coordination. So that's, you know, there's a double edged sword with the, the, the tight deadline, but um, it does force your hand. And I and it's kind of nice, right? A little bit like, of luck there, too, yeah. to get everyone you want. Yeah, in the shoots, very but true. Yes. So let's jump into it. Let's talk pre-production. I mean, that's what was that? Talk to me about the process. What did how did you guys approach it once the contract signed? Everything's good. I, I kind of know a little stuff that we won't dive into for the podcast. But I mean, contract gets signed. What's the first step and kind of how did you kind of get everything leading up to uh, the, the day of shooting? Yeah, I think really the the interesting thing about people coming to you with a specific idea is you kind of have to narrow down and find out like, well, which part of this do you like and how can we use that as inspiration? So I think our first step was really to, to narrow that down. And then from there, Connor, you can talk a little bit more about it, but it's basically, you know, putting together, this is a really scripted video. A mm-hmm. lot of times we'll do more freeform videos that we're going to go interview people and kind of, we base our post-production based on what we get from interview content. Right. But in a situation like this, it's a lot more pre-planned and scripted and we're going to get what we get. So Connor actually went through the process of kind of developing three different um, specific types of end products that they could kind of choose from to, to kind of think about that storyboard and how it was going to develop. Yeah. And I think in our minds, it's always better to come to the client with options. Right. Like that's always said. I mean, they usually pick the second one or whatever the little trick is. But but when they gave us that initial idea, like Phil said, it was like, okay, you gave us this part. How do we make the rest of the video? So we kind of came three different storyboards. Um, you know, two of them had 
more real like characters involved where we follow student stories from they're all together at the beginning then they split up and what other paths they go to and what doors they open um another one was how do we really get the donor and student relationship in this video you know uh, i think it was um a student is struggling to open a door of many different kinds and then a you know donor or alumni whoever comes up and says oh let me help you real quick so it's a physical donor opening a door for a student right um and then the idea we initially uh or not initially but finally landed on was kind of like okay let's really step back and just what what's the concept of the video is doors so how do we incorporate doors and be you with maybe nostalgia maybe you know iconic looking doors whatever and that's the idea that we came up with is um just getting pictures and video of doors all around bu and then throwing them all together and then having students physically walk through that door i mean what's easier than that um and yeah it, it was a couple um meetings back and forth. But then once we came to it and we presented that idea to them, they kind of picked which one they liked. And then after that, it was just an easy process of, um, all right, you know, pick five different locations. What kind of, um, I don't know what to call them, but study areas, let's say, like research areas or labs or a place on campus where students go or uh, athletics or whatever types of um, areas of the university that they want to focus on. What location does that talk to and what door does that you know, opens. Yeah. Where's it correlate with? Right, right, into the, right. Into the scene. Um, so after the, they picked the storyboards, then it went into shot lists and scheduling and scripting. And luckily they wrote the kind of VO script for us, which was the easy part. So it was just putting the voiceover, the voiceover. Oh, right, right, okay. Um, uh, you know, someone on BU's team wrote that for us. Oh, okay. So that was easy given to us, you know, first draft, whatever. It was easy to, uh, build a storyboard or, um, a shot list even, for the final video before we even shot anything. So yeah. which came first, this, the VO script or the uh, storyboard? Well, well yeah. We well, had a very rough, it was a rough ugly <laughs> VO rough script. VO. Okay. So, so for a project like this, what's, it's an interesting point you bring up because it's kind of, you mentioned it's kind of a chicken or the egg right, sort of right. thing. You have to have an idea of what's going to be said at what point in a video like this yeah. if there is a voiceover. But, um, you know, they have people on their team who are, who are script writers right, and who right. work to write content for BU every day. Like they know the voice and the specific verbiage that they want to use. But when you build a storyboard, um, there have to be some words. So the first draft of the storyboard, wherever that lives, you know, is probably very shorthand versions of like, oh, you know, yada, yada. There's a locked door here. Right, you know, right, right. Something along the lines of, you yes, know, exactly. who opens the door? Door into student. Well, it's got to be interesting because, I mean, you talk about how it's a campaign, right? A video isn't the one thing for this. So it is mailers. It's all this other stuff. So they have copywriters who are doing this on their staff. And the collaboration that with like video production, what we do here at Five Tools, so fascinating because you got people who can finally like, hey, we know what we want to talk about. We're not going to a script writer. We, we know this campaign. We know what language is in it. We want to make sure that the our donors who saw our campaign leading up to it, during it and after it, all have the same language. So they understand this is the same thing. But also at the same point, you got people who are just used to direct mailers. All of a sudden they're like, video, how do I write for video? Oh, yeah. So that's where it's probably a fun fun in the sense of like working back and forth and being collaborative with someone you got to kind of hold their hand a little bit as video production but at the same time they're bringing this like here's what this needs to say because my audience has been reading this in direct mailers and email campaigns and now all these other things mm -hmm. right right yeah so. and i mean that's the benefit of working 
with a team that is mature in the sense of like they're used to multimedia campaigns and like right. they understand like the urgency of getting a script together compared to like the other elements. And so like they're not holding things up and they know how these things work together. So, um, I, you know, just to go back to the to the planning, you know, the really interesting thing you think about, I, I haven't thought about this too much, but the other storyboards that we came up with, ultimately like the message and the video is the same, but those other two videos would have been completely different videos. So different, yeah. And you wonder, you always kind of be like, I, I want to go in the multiverse here and yeah, just right. see the end product. Doctor Would that Strange. have been good? Yeah. How do we get into that? Because <laughs> there's so many more moving parts in the other things like actors and right. like scripted scenes. And of, they get you know. a little, and, and at looking at this one specifically, like, I actually think those other concepts were a little more convoluted. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you go down the path of like, oh, we have to be super specific and we have to like have a person representing this. And you don't always need that. I think like yeah. simple... You know, this was still. I think the message got across, and I think you have to trust your audience, right? Right, right. This exactly. is a this is a, a an intelligent audience. Um, they are people who are already engaged with your institution in the sense that they are donors. So, like, they're going to get it, right? And I think trusting your audience a little, so like, you don't have to beat them over the head with um, really spelling everything out. Um, you can have a little more subtlety, and you can play with it a little more, and you can let. You know, the doors be the characters a little more than as opposed to like having a physical representation of everything. So like thinking about the other paths this could have gone, I do believe that we ended up going down the one that <laughs> would be the most effective the video. correct one. But I think those other ones would have been cool too and, in, yeah. and different in their own way. Um, and you, I wish there was a way we could see how they would have played out. But how unique right. is it that you come up with three different storyboards? Or is that something that it, just because this individual client came with a concept, you kind of have to find a way, whereas usually they come with sort of a goal, you can kind of create that one storyboard? Or do you normally come up with three storyboards? Well, in my experience, it's kind of been less um, less involved of a storyboard, but it's, it's more like you come to the client with a, a smorgasbord of ideas, almost throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Right. You know, they'll be like, I, you know, these are really cool ideas. And like, these two are kind of the most doable. So the client will be like, oh, those are all good. And we'll kind of keep them on back burner, but let's do this one. Um, but with this concept, because I think they came with us with a scene in mind, with a shot in mind kind of deal. And we right. built around that, as we've talked about, um, it was easier to say, we kind of broke it up into like beginning, middle, end. And it was like, okay, the middle for all of these it's shots. It's always going to be there. going to be the same. Yeah. We already have it. We <laughs> right, have right, right. people and doors with that shot from the uh, commercial. And it was more like, okay, how do we get there? And then after that, what happens? Okay. And so that was the, um, you know, for me, it was a fun part of being like, okay, here's some th three overarching video ideas. And then here's your middle, make the rest of the three videos. And that was a fun process to then come to them and say, okay, you know, uh, come in my brain for a minute. Let me do because it's easy on paper, but it's tough to tell. But um, that, is, that is the tricky part yeah. about it. And having the storyboard does make it a little bit easier. Right. Um, as opposed to just like most of the time it is just more like, all right, here's the idea. Right. Yeah. Exterior scene. And you kind of <laughs> have to set it for him. So if you have the opportunity to actually build out a full storyboard that says like, hey, the visual is this, the sound is yep, this, right. the voiceover is this, even if it's a sample voiceover with nonsense words that we came up with, it does give a much better like, and timing too, right? Yes, you have yeah. estimated timing. That's a much closer, you're much closer to the final product there. So like 
the the client then gets to go into it with a little more clarity too, going into the shoot of understanding like, oh, here's exactly right. what I'm going to get. What about when it comes to kind of location and talent? Uh, how important does kind of scripted narrative like this video is help with it comes time to planning the locations that you're going to go to, the talent that you're going to have? Because like you said, it was filmed in June and up here in Boston, that's sort of when kids, college kids are starting to get out of school. They're going home. They're traveling back. How, how, how important was it having that script with that storyboard that helped you guys kind of settle on location, settle on here's who we kind of need in the shots when we're going to do this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a collaborative process right. too, though, because part of the pre-planning is also talking to BU about, we're trying to talk to donors about the things they care about. So mm -hmm. it's also trying to think about the elements that a lot of people supported in this past fiscal year and what we think is going to be important to them. So right. the client kind of identifies different areas of the university that they think are going to resonate with a lot of people and showing those off. So it, it does start from the priorities of like, here's five or six different topic areas that we think are important for us to highlight based on the people we're sending this to. Okay, what can we get on campus in June right. that's going to represent those areas? Yeah, and that changes too because you can have a pretty broad thing like you don't want to go too niche of like, you know, the super specific rocket club or whatever because um, some donors might be like, I don't care about that. Right, so you right. want to have pretty broad topics, but then you get into, okay, I want one scene or character to be athletics. And you're like, okay, um, what can we get? So mm -hmm. I, I remember in a couple different versions of the storyboard or script or whatever, originally it was a basketball player. And so right. all of my shots were based on Close up of dribble, close up of swish, close up of basketball, you know. So then it comes to pretty close to production, and then suddenly something might change where a location or a um, an actor or, or a student, you know, you can't get a basketball player. So now we have to kind of pivot and say, okay, what else can we get? What other location is available, and what other student athlete, you know, can we shoot with? Yeah, and I think a lot of times, especially working with higher ed. Um, you know, it's you're working with students, and right. there's different availability. Maybe they suddenly have an exam they have to worry about, or they have to travel home because they have to see their family. Um, or, you know, they say, you know what, I thought about this and I actually, I just don't want to be a part of it. And all those things are fine. And so I think like one of the things that we've learned in our experiences working with higher ed over the years is, is flexibility. And, you know, you, you get into these shoots and best laid plans, like there's never an initial draft of a script that doesn't change working right. when you're working with students, because it's, first of all, it's a lot of different people. And, and they're all volunteers, which is awesome because like they, the thing is the best student volunteers for these shoots are ones who like, yeah, I want to be in a video that's going to thank donors. Right. Right. Um, but they are all volunteers. And so like priorities change and things change and they're not always going to be available, um, which is fine. So I think the biggest thing is, is being flexible. So like building an idea in a storyboard that isn't dependent on like one person or one topic is really important here. You mentioned like being able to pivot from one sport to another, um, it's it's really important to think of these more as like 30,000 foot view to start and like narrow it down as we go because things are going to change right. and, and that's okay. Yeah. And so even I might be jumping about the shot list, I'm just thinking those have really close um, correlations to, okay, if you give me a location and an idea of what we're filming, I'm going to come up with some really general shots that even if it does switch, I'm just thinking of, let's say a lab, for example, we didn't know exactly what type of lab we were going to get in there with. And at the end of the day, it does matter for something like physically basketball, soccer ball, whatever, but it's still athlete and ball interacting. Uh, you get into a lab space, there's going to be beakers, there's going to be buttons, there's going to be fancy stuff. Cause again, <laughs> and that's what a lab is to me. Swishes, fancy. fancy stuff. But, but yeah, 
Uh, no, we I mean, are scientific Americans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's one of the the very interesting things, especially when it comes to video production. Is how do you find like people who aren't just used to only working with actors, right? This is a scripted narrative. This is something that if nine times out of ten you would think that the video production company is going to high, bring on extras, bring on all these read actors you can read on screen, but you miss the authenticity that right. you get mm-hmm. when you actually have real users, real people, and stuff yeah. like that. So it is something that a really good video production company like Five Tool itself hey. is working through making sure you can be flexible and pivot especially with this type of stuff because it isn't a commercial shoot it yeah. is but it isn't the audience and who you're talking to you got to be able to really have the right people no come it has on. to be real right and that was a yeah. priority for them too because you can't tell donors hey you're impacting the lives of these real students and then not show students mm-hmm. i mean that's just not how it works right like right. you have to show students so this is you know a real athlete a real student a real person who works in a real lab i mean like it's it's really important if you're if you're focusing on the impact on students that you show students, you know. Oh, hundred percent. So let's talk about it. Finally, the kind of what was the what was the plan? What was the schedule for the thing? What how many people were going to be on the team? How many people were you going to have go in the shoot day? And kind of what were things that was kind of top of your mind when it was going leading up to that final day of actually, hey, we're going to Boston University. We're going to start filming this. Yeah. Um, well, initially, right out the gate, we were like kind of going in with the idea of we're going to split up into two teams already. Because one big part of the video was still photos of the doors um, that just go out and capture all the pictures of every door you can possibly find while everybody else is kind of um, filming the B-roll and the, uh, the the actual videos of students walking through doors. And so we kind of came into it knowing, okay, we needed a couple teams, so a couple people. Um, you know, the number was variable, didn't really matter, but... Um, the teams were that. And then scheduling wise, it was, again, it all goes against, um, location and what people we can get, the volunteers. And we built our schedule from there. Once we were in contact with different, um, facility people and different coaches and different lab, um, managers and stuff. So that, you know, we base our schedules off their availability. Yeah. It's, it's like a puzzle, right? It's yeah. right. And you always start with, you know, I, I started a puzzle with the corner pieces, right? <laughs> exactly. so you can see where that fits, right? You do the edges, you know you what they look the like. <laughs> there's always edges in a shoot, right? If you want to, if you want to extend this, uh, this metaphor, um, there's always some hard and fast things, you know, Oh, we need to be in a lab. The lab is available at this time only. Okay. Well that clarifies our schedule. We're going to start there. Um, and that's true whenever you have to do multi-location we love multi-location oh, we shoots love at Five Tool. We, we love, love them. We love to be able to show. In. We, we got to get our steps in. <laughs> and that's always it. It always works out that one's on the other end of campus. Yes. That's, yeah. <laughs> but that's part of the scheduling too. Like if there's flexibility, you say, oh, these people are, you know, these four locations you can get to, we can go to them at any point during the day. Right. Well, let's make the ones who are, yeah. you know, you know, 200 feet apart from each other. Let's put those back to back, right? We would have to get in a van and drive across campus. Sometimes not possible, but you do your best there. But yeah, no, it's, um, uh, I know having it's so funny also thinking about the two teams thing um we talk about this a lot of times especially in these scripted videos you go through all of this work and you set up a shot and it takes an hour and a half and you're working with somebody and we said this to one of the people in this shoot we're like we we, you know we had her for an hour and a half we're like okay you know there's only going to be like seven (laughs) seconds in the final video right right? and it's kind of funny the same thing with like the stills like they're a big part of the video but you know spend the entire day shooting stills and it takes up you know, a pretty small portion of the end product, but it's, it's vitally important. Yeah. So like, those are the type of things I think when you're, you know, if, if you're, if you're new to video production or whatever that you don't necessarily think of quite how much time goes into it on the shoot day, um, you know, a short, a, a seven second scene doesn't, obviously I, I know it's common sense, doesn't take seven seconds to film, but it, <laughs> it probably takes a lot more than even than most people, than most people think. Right. 
Yeah. And, you know, things on site to change um, where you go in with it. You may, you know, might do, you might have a bunch of pre-production done shot lists and schedules and that's great. You get on site and you go, Oh, you know, the client might think something or even your shot list said, Oh no, we're going to do it this way. And you're like, okay, well shoot, we have to pivot real fast or, or it just doesn't look as good as you thought it would. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe there's equipment stuff. There was a couple bumpy things with the dolly and we were like, "Uh Oh, this door doesn't work because it pushes this way instead of pulls this way. We're not on level ground here. Like like, physically "Uh the floor is not level. Right. Right. So, so you have to be ready to just adapt. And, uh, and that's, you know, for us, I think, you know, it's good. We find that kind of fun and, and, uh, the energy continues and with the shoot, it doesn't put a damper on our day. We're just like, okay, cool. Pivot. Let's go find somewhere else. And I'm just using the, um, athlete, for example, we did a, like, must've been half an hour upstairs in the case gym I was just gonna mention lobby, that, yeah. um, did a bunch of shots, you know, throughout that time. And then the last 10 minutes were like, okay, just kidding. Let's go downstairs to the equipment room. Or, I'm sorry, the locker room, uh, use that door. And that ended up in the final product. Right. Yeah. And I think that's being willing to be flexible and listen to your client because your client often does know best. It's yes. their institution. And they said, you know, I think maybe we try this other shot instead. Mm-hmm. And of course there's part of you that's like, um, we just did, you're like, what you know, the heck did we all do this 30, 40 minutes for? of shooting? But yeah. ultimately you have to like trust your, trust your client too. And yeah. then we went up and set, set up and got the other shot and it was ultimately much better yeah. and it worked out. So, yeah. So that brings up an actually interesting point with the pre-production you guys talk about. Did you guys get to location scout? Did you get to go to the, like the actual facility, see what the shot's going to look like? Uh, is that something you normally get to do when it comes to client shoots? So, yeah. So in this specific case, we didn't have the chance to do that. So when you talk about something like what happened with the athletics facility, like that was something that maybe can be mitigated by like a pre-shoot walkthrough. Right. Um, in this case, we didn't have the chance to do that just based on timing. A lot of times you do, a lot of times you don't. Um, but again, I think that also does just tie into trying to be flexible for us. Like day of, it's don't be so locked in and have time. And it's hard not to if you have a specific plan. Try not to have tunnel vision. And um, yeah, and I think in this case we didn't. We went in, there was a couple of times, you know, it's like, Oh, we're in a room with tons of natural light. And then there's also things you could go for a walkthrough on a cloudy day, right? And right. it looks totally different. You get there, it's bright, bright sunlight, and you're like, oh, these reflections are super harsh. I didn't realize that we have to go figure out how to close, you know, a couple of 50 foot high shades, right. you know, and, right. and you do it, and then it works out. But um, yeah, no, I think I, I do think the name of the game for a shoot that's that's you know, it's it's a planned flexibility, right? Like there's exactly. a rigidity, a rigidity. There's a rigidity to it right. that you have to stay on schedule. You have to get to a certain number of locations, but within those building buffer within your specific shoot, so you have that flexibility. So you can say, "We're not just going to be stuck in our ways. We're gonna. We want the best end product. Let's figure out how to get there." So it's a balance of of rigid and flexible all in one. I think, and that's exactly why you plan an hour for a seven second shot. Exactly, because right. you could get on site and everything could be totally different. Or right. like I said, an equipment malfunction or talent, you know, miscommunication or whatever it is. And thank God you had that extra buffer time because now you can fix it, figure it out and put your heads together calmly without calmly. having to rush. <laughs> calmly. Yes. Uh, without having to rush and, and figure out, okay, we still can get this shot. How are we going to accomplish that goal? Yeah. So any good stories from the day of the shoot? Any fun things, things that you didn't plan on that you had to pivot for? Um, well, I guess like how many frames did we shoot still that we did we use most of the still frames that we shot or were there a lot that didn't make it i'm just curious about that actually i don't even know yeah i mean i think we there was definitely a lot left on the editing room floor to be sure i think maybe it's ballpark b-roll shooting right there you well, should exactly, have stuff yeah. left on the floor i think it's always better to have more than yeah, come back right. and be like shoot i wish we had you know, sure, whatever. sure but for still specifically you must have shot probably close to 200 300 right. you know upwards of and uh then you get back in the edit and with timing and if you're editing to the beat of the music and 
you know, we had a whole conversation of how the um, the doors played in the beginning versus the kind of faster part at the end. Um, so at the end of the day, I, I don't even know. 30 maybe? Maybe 30, yeah. maybe, yeah, 30. It doesn't um, hurt me in my soul at all. No, I, the way you look at me is so bad. Because I'm going to frame them all, all these doors, put them all around the office. Um, I think an interesting part of it, and, and you worked on the edit, so you could talk about it more, is there's an element of this where you're opening a door and it's going to go to um, – like a, a virtual scene basically. So somebody oh, yeah. pulls open right, a door right. and instead of going to what's actually beyond that door, you're cutting to a different scene, which in this case was commencement. Yes. So um, we were kind of keeping our eyes peeled all day for an appropriate door that would work for that use case. And then we found one at like 5.30 PM at the yeah, very end of the shoot. Literally the end of like about two, in the same building where our car was parked, we were like, oh, this door will work. <laughs> and I think the debate was like, okay, do we try to reset and do that? Yeah. And, and ultimately we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it worked out because the other option is like, we're, we're just going to have to find a door yeah, <laughs> somewhere, in the office or somewhere you know, else. Fake it almost. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing it goes back to like, okay, yeah, if we had a walkthrough, maybe we could have had that be like, I know exactly where a good door yeah. would be. Because that's the other thing too. I think we got on site thinking there'd be a lot more... I don't know, normal looking doors or whatever it is. And then we're like, oh, a lot of them are kind of look very similar, whether right. they're glass or whether they're, right. I love the cathedral style Gothic looking Boston buildings. Um, but after a while you get five of them and you're like, well, I already used two of those right. and it all kind of looks the same. So you're finding you know? the variants where you can. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, if there's a theme to this episode, it really was, you need to be agile. You need to be able to pivot. I mean, the one last story I remember from the day of the shoot was uh, Phil, you talked to like leading up to it, you're like, cause I only really went on for the shoot. I really wasn't part of pre-production. So when you gave us our little like tease up, you're like, don't worry, it's summertime. Cause we're like, well, we're doing all these shoots in places that like, what if there's a bunch of Highly kids, trafficked areas. like lots of yeah. stuff like that. You're like, it's summertime. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry ghost about. Town, I remember <laughs> saying. First, ghost say those town. Words. Go, yeah. Ghost town. Ha ha ha. Dummies. You don't have anything to worry <laughs> about. Never. And for like, the record, for the podcast court reporter record, <laughs> I record. never called you dummies. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it was donkeys. You must donkeys, have read it wrong. Donkeys. Sorry. <laughs> but you talked about how that was not with nothing to worry about in the very first one we shot. All of a sudden, every kid and their oh, mom literally continues to yeah. walk into our shot. It happened to be orientation. It happened to be orientation. <laughs> it happened to be the first day of orientation. So, <laughs> so you got a bunch of lost, incoming a bunch uh, yeah. of incoming freshmen were showing up with their parents, and we happened to be <laughs> in a location directly next to a parking lot. Um, that people would use to get to a building that's a little bit hard to find. So the only public parking lot, <laughs> yeah. too. Like, oh, really so good. a ton of people were just walking through. We we're right next to the front door of this building, and <laughs> probably a couple <laughs> dozen people just walked through. Hey, can you tell me where X dorm is? Yep, right up the hill. And by the time we left, I think everybody was a BU geography expert. Everyone yeah, even, on shoot was, oh yeah, walk up the hill, take a left, take a left. You even know? David, who was like his first or second shoot on site, was like telling, oh yeah, you go up the street, take the stairs. That's we all uh, we all are honorary BU tour guides for the yeah. day. We helped a lot of incoming freshmen find their way to uh, to one of the dorms. There. I just remember seeing one of the B roll where you like run across the shot and you're, you're like, like oh, well, uh, you're like you start oh, to run Jurassic out. Park going your hand up, like hold it, <laughs> hold it, it. stop the blocks Well, you start to run out of time and. It's it's like we can't have someone else walk through the shot. Let's <laughs> very, very politely and very gently say, hi, would you mind waiting a moment yeah. before you come through these doors? Thank you so much. My name's Phil. It's nice to meet you. How are you? Okay, walk through quickly. Now. <laughs> go, 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 go. Did we get all the shots? Did you get everything that we intended? I mean, you storyboarded this. It's scripted. Did we leave the day with everything that we wanted to? Uh, everything and more, I would say. And uh, and just b- before we end the story parts, I think Kylie will appreciate this. One story that I know Phil wasn't present for was the Booth Theater oh, uh, yeah. fiasco. <laughs> Speaking of orientation, where, right? Yeah. 
Of course, which, you know, it ended up being amazing and I'm glad we can laugh about it now because you always talk about how you go on site and you get way more B-roll than you'll ever need. Um, but, you know, use cases down the line might be like, oh, thank God we had all that stuff from Booth Theater. Who knows? We do a feature on it. Um, but so we had a shot with this, you know, one um, uh, volunteer. She was going to walk through the doors and then we we're going to, you know, magically transport into the theater and have a couple cool shots. Like with five a, shots on stage of this one person. Oh, like one. And then like it turns out, oh, three more students um, from this uh, thing want to volunteer can help. And we're like, oh, cool. We can have like a crowd and like over the shoulder shot. So, it, you know, kind of cooler shots. So we didn't think of. Then we get into the theater itself and the, um, you know, the director of the theater was like, oh, I, we have some people from orientation who would love to, they're not doing anything for their lunch block or whatever they want to help. And we're like, cool, throw them in the audience and we'll, we're going to get the five shots and we'll get out of here. That turned into you know, every 10 minutes, at least, I mean, another group of 20 kids would come in <laughs> and the client was kind of like, just looking at us was like, more people, Bring more people. In. And Why we're like, not? okay, cool. So I turned into like, I had to go back to my high school days. And I turned into a director <laughs> of like, okay, you guys, group one, my boys, uh, you guys over here, we're going to walk when I, you know, and the dolly's going to move and everything's going to happen. And it was like a whole production. Um, you actually made um, a new musical. I mean, literally, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Hamilton <Yeah>. 2. <laughs> and, Electric uh, Bugaloo. But, <laughs> we taking it to England. We were going yeah. back. Oh, was the Return of yeah. the King. Oh, wow. it was a, was yeah. it a prequel? All Hail the King. No, no, yeah. it was going to be after Hamilton solved it, <laughs> came back from the dead. He was gonna go to, to England and take him on. Oh, maybe that's the next podcast is gonna. We're gonna break <laughs> the story <laughs> for story. Hamilton Two Electric Bugaloo. The history it was, podcast. It was chaos, Phil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, to was, say the least. We ended up must must have been fifty kids in the crowd and yeah. twenty kids on stage. All in, all and, of them acted. That was the craziest mm -hmm. thing. Was they all started really going at it? We're like, yeah, they were like all happening? really. Um, I don't know, easy to work with, I guess is the word. Like, it was just like, amenable, I don't know what other scenario excited, where you'd yeah. come in and, you know, freshman own orientation is awkward already. Yeah. You come into a group of theater kids, um, as a former theater kid, I can say that, uh, they're all awkward. <laughs> so you walk into a group and these two guys with awful beards are yelling at, oh, do this with cameras in your face. You're and, the guys with awful yeah, beards. Yeah, yeah. So, to be clear. Kyle yeah. and I, yes. <laughs> You're not making a value judgment on anyone else's no, beard. No, okay, no, no, good. no. Uh, but like, they just took all the instruction and they really made some cool shots. Um, but at the end of the day, it was like, use two of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? So it's like that's you love coming back from shoots with stories. Uh, you know they'll never see that. So and I, and I do think from you get into the edit and yeah. Um, the really cool thing about working in a team environment like ours is that we're all in a room and you know we can pull up the edit on a big screen and look at it together and right. kind of go back and forth and every video is super subjective. I think that's something that sometimes is hard to keep to keep in mind when for clients is that. What you like mm -hmm. um, is going to be different than what I like, than what you like, than what your audience likes. Right. Even if you know really specifically who your audience is, super subjective. It always comes up with music, right? Mm -hmm. No, There's no bigger point of contention in edits than music because everybody just has different tastes and yeah. different music will trigger different things in your brain. I'm sure Creative you, could do, you could do right. studies on it of like right. why this specific song triggers something different for you than it does for me. Anyway, super subjective process. So when you get into the edit, you know, there's five of us in a room watching it and we all kind of have different things that we focus on. But um, I think it's a really important thing. You talk, talk about collaboration and things like that. I really think the end product was better because you go through versions and versions and versions of it um, before the client ever even yeah, sees even it, by the way. before you send it out. Exactly. And, just um, internally. And it's just kind of trying to take the best feedback from everybody and have people, if not come to an agreement, come to an understanding about what are the different elements of this that we should change and what are the little little things we can do to get that margin of excellence to take it from good to great. And right. um, that comes out most when 
especially people who aren't super close to it, a couple members of the team who weren't even on the shoot, watch it and they're like, I don't get this. Explain this to me. And you're right. like, okay, well, the people who are going to be watching this video from BU's audience, they weren't on the shoot. They don't know what we're going for. Yeah. That feedback is sometimes the most important, right? Because you can be too close to it. So that, that collaboration is really important. And that's one of the hardest things I always find is you get so close to something. It becomes your baby. It becomes like your, your darling. And it's so hard to throw it out as creatives. I mean, it's something where you got to be able to take that feedback, realize that like, oh, no, this is someone who didn't go on the whole day shoot, didn't experience the 50 kids doing an acting <laughs> thing. So they don't get why you're including this. And like to the narrative, that doesn't work. And yeah. the story is a story. That's all that matters at the end of the day. If do it doesn't you, make sense, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't yeah. make yeah. sense. It doesn't matter yeah. how much of a darling that thing right. was. You got to be able to kill it, yeah. uh, which is one of the hardest things. I mean, if, uh, Connor, you were the editor for this, right? Correct. So your producer, editor, all that fun stuff. How many revisions did you end up doing? Um, so I was looking at this before just to like really refresh my mind. And at the end of the day, I think it was five revisions on the final video. Um, but even before that, there was two different versions because we didn't even know if the whole commencement part of it would really flow like we thought it would and X, Y, Z. So even that, we had to present different drafts to the client and to ourselves to be, okay, if we include this commencement stuff with the door and the keying and all this other stuff, how does that work? And so once we kind of shuffle it around a little bit, um, we figured out that it did work, it did flow. There's right. a way to put it in the video and it looks pretty cool. Um, and so at the end of the day, it must have been five you know, then a 5.1, 5.2, you know, little stuff. But uh, so interesting because it's a, it's scripted. It was scripted. It was yeah, storyboarding yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. And still to have that many edits. Right? I mean, yeah. is that something you find unique or no. is that just, this is just edits? <laughs> that's not, that's no. not unique It's at almost all. you expect it. And sometimes clients like straight up apologize. And you're like, that's yeah. the part of the process. Right, you know, right. like yeah. I think, um, you know, there's no... I hate to say this out loud because I don't want to encourage people to go crazy. <laughs> There's no shame in being nitpicky. This is your, it's their baby too, right? right? right. And like It's um, going on in their channels at yeah, the end of the day. It's going to represent them and we want it to be as good as it can be for them. So like, no, that's not unique. And and I don't, I don't think like, there's also a huge difference. Think about how you feel about when you see something versus how you plan it out. Like it's going to be the same thing for them. And plus they're not the ones actually sitting down, actually editing right. it. So like, there's usually questions about, Oh, did why did this right. change? Why'd you get here? Yeah. And as long as, you know, you're on the same page in planning, usually those are those are easy conversations to have. But no, I don't I don't find that to be unique at all. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely not. And but it's helpful for us too because um, you know, they like what you're saying, it's their uh product at the end of the day and it's their, their channels. So when they come to stuff like brand guidelines or, mm -hmm. you know, things that have to do with the brand or school in this situation um, itself that we might not even think of. Yeah. Like our final shot, we were like, that looks like a really cool shot. But they were like, Oh, but it has Dates involved, so we want to, you know, right, grandfather right. This and they so, live it and breathe it. So yeah, right, 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 and we were like, but the shot looks really good. Right. You kind of have to like be able to be like, okay, the shot does look good, but they want this shot, so let's use that shot. Right. You know, you just have to be able to be like, okay, yeah, this isn't mine. I'm not gonna after I'm done with this, I'm not gonna go home and put this on my fridge. Right. I mean, it's a video. Right, right. It's collaborative. And that's that's it, the hard thing of working for a production company versus working for like a, the company for itself. Working the company yeah. itself right. Is that we have certain ideas, but often what we're thinking of is you know, at a, at a different realm, it's important for the project. Oh, does this look good? Does this sound good? All of that stuff. And that's important to them too. But like above all else, the focus is on brand. Right. Yes. Right. And we have to keep that in mind for them too. Like, is this your voice? Is this your brand? Um, and that's really important. And we, we try to focus on that. And I think, I think we do, but um, those are a lot of times what the revisions come into play. It's just like, Oh, Hey, you know, just 
it's something that's second nature for them. Oh, there has to be more spacing between the logo exactly. and text. Right. It's like, exactly. Yep, yep. Totally on us. Let's fix it. Let's fix yeah. it real quick. That's 5.1, 5.2. Exactly. That's not version four to five. That's version 5.1 to 5.2. <laughs> right, yeah. But I'd have to say, like, if any company's listening to this, especially ones that aren't video production companies, they need to realize that a, it is vital to have a collaborative partner in this type of creation, yeah. this type of creative. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have that. You aren't going to be happy. Your video production company should never say, oh, we won't let take any of your feedback no, back. Yeah. It's not their baby. But I'm sure you've worked with companies when you were on the other side of the table who do kind of act that way, right? Yeah. I mean, There's I know I have. plenty of yeah. times where video production companies are just like, how dare you question my creative? Right. Mm -hmm. We've yep. got expertise. Right. We've got knowledge. We have subject matter experts. We have thought leaders. We have all that stuff on staff. But at the end of the day... BU, our client in this case, knew exactly what they needed this video to right. say. They know all those things because they're 40 yeah, we're hours the, a week. We're the vessel for it, not the, you know, we're the vessel for their vision more than anything else. Right. You know, it's so it's important. Their to have baby. A, you yeah. need to find a good partner when it yeah. comes to that. If you're doing video production, again, you might spend a little bit of money, but if you don't have a good partner in this system, you're going to walk away just frustrated. Disappointed, yeah. 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 Disappointed. yeah. I I think that's a super important thing. And I think sometimes people are surprised working with us because it I do think it it's a little bit of a different experience. Sometimes people will be like, oh, you know, can I get that, you know, can I get that different, can I get some of that raw footage? Can I have some, like, yeah, it's it's, it's yours. Right, like, you right, bought right. it, technically. Yeah, like, we want you to <laughs> use it. Like, um, we want you to have it. We want you to use it. And like, I think sometimes people are surprised by that. And that should be, in my opinion, that should be the norm. And I think we have that mindset because all, all of us, for the most part, have sat on the other side of the table too. Experience not being and, able to like, hey, I need the B-roll because I also have I have social channels. I've got all these other things well, I need to put that stuff a, out. This is a perfect example, like talking about it feeding multimedia and different channels and stuff. And like if, you know, if there are elements of this that are going to help feed a print campaign, like I want them to have it. Right. right. Because ultimately, like first of all, I'm proud of our work and I want it to be seen by as many people as possible. But also ultimately, just from like a logical standpoint, like I want their campaign to be successful. So they look back at this and say like, that was a good experience and I enjoyed working with them. So right. like the more we can enable people to do that, like the better off we are and the better off everyone will be. So quick wrapping up about to do it, start kind of last couple of questions. What was the final output? Like what was the actual thing that was sent and what, what was the client's reaction? Um, yeah. So the video itself must've been a minute, a little longer than a minute long. So we talk about all this pre-production, post-production hours of shooting and it's down to you boil it down to a minute Great. so it was a really cool um video at the end of the day i think the still photos transitioning into the dolly shots with the video is one of the coolest things i think we've done and in, in my mind um and from what i heard the, the the company um i'm sorry the client really enjoyed it um the emails i saw and then otherwise i heard some other stuff too that the client told you I don't know. yeah no super <laughs> super super positive feedback i think the most important thing is that it it a comp when they went into this with an idea and said, Oh, we really like this video. We like the way it makes us feel this product made the client feel the same way. Right. And hopefully now it's out there in the world, making their constituents feel the same way that that initial video made them feel. So that's always a good feeling when the client looks at it and they say like, yes, we came to you with, with a question and you gave us an answer more or less. And you talk about output. What's interesting is, um, there's a video here, but we mentioned the multimedia campaign. And I think that's one of the things that's really cool from this is that this has legs in that there's a whole bunch of other stuff that this feeds for them um, and allows and enables them to kind of to push out across different channels and um, have some legs throughout the rest of the summer here and, and maybe even throughout the rest of the year. So um, really cool to see it kind of used across medium um, in that way as well.
That's awesome, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. I think this is an awesome kind of revamped Create Smarter podcast, talking about some of our cool projects, really diving in deep. Uh, if anyone wants to get in contact with you, what's the best place? LinkedIn? Yeah, of course. Always LinkedIn. And um, info at 5 Tool Productions will go to all of us. So we'll all make sure somebody, you'll get one of us. It's like a grab bag. No one knows. Totally. Otherwise, it's just our first names at 5 Productions.com. And let's get creative with anyone. If you got ideas out there, reach out to us, 5 Productions.com. Great website to kind of go see what we're putting out there, all that type of stuff. But for Connor, for Phil, for me, Kyle McNaught, thanks for watching or listening to the Create Smarter Podcast. 